0: Public opinion is, you know, that Christians are a bunch of mindless robots who do what they are told to do. Like some of you were raised in Christian homes, you're raised in Christian churches, and so you've had it beat into your brain over and over and over and over what you have to do, what you must do, all that. And so, Christians are just mindless robots or, or even if you weren't raised in a Christian home You now come to church and you just listen to the pastor and you go do what he says to you. you Listen to the small group leader you listen to the leaders and you just go do that that You don't use your brain anymore You know that you're just a mindless robot You are so sure of everything you're pigheaded. You know you're you're stubborn you'll argue about anything in scripture because you're so sure of yourself that that's what you know kind of public opinion public wisdom of christians is. can i ask can i ask a question i want everyone here that has ever had a doubt ever had even the tiniest bit of skepticism you've ever been worried that maybe you don't have it exactly right or or or, or you maybe you question whether god really meant what he said and whether even the word of god is the word of god okay now listen i'm gonna tell you my hand's about to go up and i'm going to testify i've had a bunch of those okay so I, I don't want you to feel like you shouldn't okay because i i don't want it no i want if you've ever had any doubt question any skepticism whatsoever you know and and, and this, this this is this is you're not going to be in trouble with God for admitting something that's true, okay? If you've ever had that whatsoever, I want you to raise your hand. Now, if you're not, if you're not following God, if you're, if you're not a, a, a church person, you don't do I want you to I wanted you to see that. Because I I, I know that the, the conventional wisdom out there is that the church just follows along blindly. But I wanted you to see. You are surrounded, if you have doubts today, if you have questions today, you are surrounded by people who have had doubts and questions and skepticism, but today, they are, they, you know, and maybe all of them not completely and fully, but for the most part, these people sitting around you that have had those doubts and questions and, and even skeptical thoughts, <coughs> these people around you, they are now following after God, believing in Him, and trusting in Him, and trusting that He is leading them this way. They're trusting in Him. Here's here's another little bit, is that, you know, God welcomes skeptics. He welcomes skeptics into His presence. Okay, and and I know, here's another bit of kind of conventional wisdom or public opinion about God and doubt and all of that, is that there is no place in the presence of God for doubt. You ever heard anything like that? Or you ever heard anything kind of taught like that? Come on, I know, I know some of you church people have. I know some of you Christians have. Oh, we can't admit to doubt and all of that. And pastor just had you admit to it, didn't he? You know, and we, we can't do that. And there's a lot of people, even people in church that think, Man, I am failing so much because uh, you know I still have these lingering questions that I, I, I keep battling with and what are, but, but but God welcomes skeptics. He welcomes doubt into his presence. And, and you know why he welcomes that? Is because that's where he finds all of his followers. He is God has never had a follower that didn't have some questions. God has never had a follower that didn't have some doubts, that didn't have some skepticism or whatever. And so, so today, if you feel like, you know, you're not measuring up because, you know, this week, you know, I prayed and prayed and I've had that problem and I've been praying and nothing's happening. And God, are you, are you really even there? Listen, you're, you're not different than the rest of us. We all have those things that we deal with. As a matter of fact, the Bible is full of skeptics, people who had doubts, people who had questions. Here's five of them right here. Abraham, oh man, so many times, so many so many times, he tried to help God out. You know, he lied a couple of times about who his wife was and some things. Not really sure that, that God could work things out. Moses, I mean Moses started his ministry doubting. God, you didn't really call me God. You know, and and Gideon, Gideon said, uh, well, who am I, you know, and then he he kept giving God, give me a sign, God, give me a sign, God. Why, because he had these doubts in his mind. Uh, Saul, King Saul, he tried to help God out. God said, do this, and Saul thought, now, I got a better idea. And even King David, the man, God said, was the man after his own heart. Yet, when you read the Psalms, man, does that, it encourages me. When I read the Psalms and I, and I see David struggling with this kind of thing, you know, that he's being chased all over the countryside by King Saul, you know, and, and, and people are lying about him and everything. And David just, you know, he just looks up to God in those Psalms and says, God, where are you? God, do you not care? Are you not listening to all of that? And even King David, he said, well, that's just five, Pastor. Oh, no, 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 no. There are so many more skeptics in the Bible than just those five. Look, Adam and Eve, you remember? Uh, you know, the serpent, Satan, you know, he, he said to him, as God really said, so and so and so and so, that's the kind of doubt you get in your head, isn't it? Or, or Naaman, the guy, he actually got mad. God was trying to heal him, and he got mad at God because of the way God said I wanted, he wanted to do it. Uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, Sarah, she, she laughed. Seriously? God's gonna make an old woman like me become a mother, and maybe she was laughing a little bit, you know, like, oh, you know, giddy and excited at the same time. I'm really not sure about that. Or or Elijah? Yeah, Elijah, that prophet that called down fire out of heaven, and Elijah finds himself sitting under a tree, pouting. You know, this isn't the way it's supposed to work. And Jonah, Jonah kind of did the same thing. He was pouting because God did a miracle and God. Reached out to his enemies uh, Who else up there? Um, um, Nicodemus man Nicodemus John chapter 3 you ever heard John 3 16 for God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life Jesus spoke that to Nicodemus. I mean Nicodemus. He is he is the epitome of a person with doubts He came to Jesus in the middle of the night Because he said I, I'm, I'm really not sure who you are. Tell me he had doubts He had he had concerns. John the Baptist even in, in, his, in his last moments on the earth, he's the guy that, that, that heralded Christ's coming. And in his last moments, he sent his disciples to go ask Jesus of Nazareth, my cousin. Go ask him. Ask him if he is the one. He even had the doubts. Mary and Joseph, they both did. Mary said, how can this be? You're telling me I'm going to give birth to the son? How can this be? Joseph, he had doubts. He was thinking about divorcing Mary, putting her away privately, he said. They had their doubt. Mary and Martha, his, his own you know, really close friends, and every one of the 12 disciples, they all had their doubts, they all had their questions, they all grew skeptical at times. The Bible is full, of, and this room is full of people that have that, so quit thinking that you're weird or something. So why in the world would God draw all these doubters and skeptics to him. Why would God do something like that, huh? Let me show you a couple of scriptures right here to just show you the nature of God, okay? Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. and This is Old Testament too, right? So if you're one of those who said, well, I like to differ. Okay, this is Old Testament. Look what God's already saying in the Old Testament. Before Jesus died, he says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. What's he, he, he doesn't say, look, you guys have messed up. You're doubting me and you've got all these. No, he says, come on. I know you've got doubts. I know you've got fears. I know you've got questions. I know you're skeptical about me. I know you think that I'm just this mean old God. And, I've, you know, and, and God said, no, 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 come on. Let's talk about this. Let's discuss it. Let's reason this thing out. Let, let, me, let me explain to you. This, this, is what, this is what God is saying to us today, to you today maybe. You got doubts? He said, come on, let's talk about it. You got questions? Come on, I've got an answer for you, God says. Not, not Rick, not pastor. I, I don't, God has the answer for you. Are you skeptical? God doesn't say, get out of my presence. He says, come on, let's reason together. Okay, but then over in the New Testament, just in case, there's a good one there too. And this is, uh, this is Paul writing to the Philippians in chapter two, beginning verse 12. And Paul says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my absence, now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Okay, he's kinda saying the same thing here. Paul says, I'm leaving you, but but God's gonna still be with you and you can keep working on your salvation. Salvation is not something that that happens in a moment, and it's there, it's not static. It is is a growing process, it is a deepening, it is a relationship that is building. You know, you you didn't ask your wife to marry you, and and you said, I do, and that was it. I meant the relationship grows, same thing with God. You know, if, if you say yes to God, if you start following after him, that's not the end, it's the beginning. It's the beginning of awesomeness. And and Paul encourages us, work on your salvation. You know, get in there, dig in, do the same thing that Isaiah said. If you got questions, you got doubts, if you're skeptical, go to God with those things. Dig in there with him and and say, God, this is what I'm bothered about. And listen and see what God has to say about those things. You know why? Why why, why does God, you know, because we've got this idea, I think a lot of times that, you know, because God is who God is. You know that we have to be so careful. But I like, and you know, I, I don't, I don't remember how Jeff exactly said it. But I love the way the way he was talking about that. You know, God, God is so God, and just just so sure of who He is. Your questions and doubts don't face Him one bit. Now, listen, if you you question me and you doubt me, you know that might hurt my feelings. You know why? because like you, I'm not really sure of myself and everything and I don't want everybody in the world to question me that I don't have it all together, right? We don't really want people to know that about us. But God knows he's already got it together. God doesn't just know truth, God is truth. And so your little doubts and questions and fears, throw them at God. It doesn't phase it doesn't him because he even says, come now, let us reason together. Bring me your doubts, bring me your questions. Bring me your fears. God's, God's not looking for a perfect person. That's not what He's, you know, Easter, man, all across the world today, people who never go to church are going to church. They're one time a year. And God's going through those, He's not looking for a perfect someone. He's looking for someone He can have a relationship with. That's what this is about. And that's why we see Jesus around all kinds of people, sick people, hurting people, confused people, some righteous people like Nicodemus who really did come and question and some unrighteous people. Let's look at some verses right here. Okay. Uh, Luke chapter five twenty nine. then Levi, who was a tax collector, held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Now, uh, tax collectors and others, that is code for... I I don't know why, but but back in those days, I mean, tax, they were sinners, you know, in the eyes of the Jews. You know, they were just the evil people, these tax collectors. But look also, Luke 19, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Uh, He was a chief tax collector and wealthy. And if you remember the story or if you ever heard that little kid's song, Uh, He was small in stature, the Word of God says, so he climbed up in a tree so that when Jesus came by, he would be able to see over the crowd. When Jesus reached the spot where Zacchaeus was, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I'm coming to hang out. He didn't say, take me home and feed me. He said, I'm coming. I must it, it, it behooves me, is what the Hebrew there kind of means. It behooves me to come and hang with you this afternoon. You, you're, you and I are going to spend some time together. Matthew 11, verse 19, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they... The religious people, who he's talking about right here, the religious people say, Jesus is a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. See, I told you that was code. It's kind of like, that's the worst thing they can say. I mean, that's worse than a yo mama thing, you know? It's to to say, you know, he hangs out with tax collectors and sinners, Matthew 9 and 11. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? You know, why why don't they just say sinners? Why do they got to keep... Man, they just keep on throwing the tax collectors in there, don't they? And Luke 15 too, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eat with them. How horrible that the Son of God who wants to take away the sin of the world would meet with sinners. Why in the world would would someone who wants to get rid of sin spend time with sinners? Why in the world? I mean, you know, it's crazy, isn't it? You know, I have a lot more questions today for these folks than I do for God, you know, in a lot of ways. And these are the people that Jesus is hanging around with. Not the perfect people. Not the people who have it all figured out. Not the ones who don't have any questions for Jesus. But the ones who are full of questions, the ones who are full of doubt, and even full of sin. As a matter of fact, those perfect people, the ones that have their theology totally figured out, that don't, they already know it. There's not a thing, you pa- pastors, not a thing you can tell me today. I've already got it figured out. Those are the people that incited the mob and demanded the Romans crucify Jesus. It's the perfect people. It's the ones who have it figured out. It's the ones whose theology is perfect. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, this is what happens in my life, okay? As soon as I feel like I have got, okay, I've got this one part of my theology and it's solid. And as soon as I get there, it's almost like God just like knocks the chair right out from under me and I just fall flat on my rear end and say, hmm, I don't have it all figured out yet. It's like he just brings something to my mind for me to see that something's not exactly there. You know why? Because he is God. I'll never figure him out. And so that's why he's not blown away by your questions. That's why he wants, he desires, he invites your questions and your doubts and even your skepticism. Even your skepticism. He does. Today's Easter. It's the day we celebrate his resurrection when the first Easter weekend happened as the two little sisters were telling us on the video a few moments ago, I mean the two little girls, I don't mean the two little sisters and the habits and those kind of things, you know, two, two little girls. As, uh, as uh, Just for those people who are here in this podcast, and I think we had a, a couple of nuns live here tell us about Easter. Okay, uh, the two little, two little girls telling us about that, Jesus had the Last Supper, He was arrested in Gethsemane, He was beaten all night long, passed back and forth between government officials until the next morning they crucified him. He died, they took his body down from the cross, they laid it in a grave, and because it was a Sabbath from sundown Friday until sundown Saturday, they didn't do anything except get him in the tomb real quick, and on Sunday morning, some ladies came back to anoint his body for the, for the burial. They didn't have time on, on Friday afternoon. Sabbath came, and they couldn't do it. Their laws wouldn't allow them to do it on the Sabbath. So they came back on Sunday morning as early as they could, and they got there, and the stone was rolled away. And an angel was sitting sitting there and said, come and see where where he's laid, because he is no longer there. He is risen. That's what we remember today. Not just the death, but the resurrection. You see, too many people... uh, The the question, the fear, the doubt, the skepticism that they have about Christianity is Christianity is all about me dying to myself. It's about you coming alive in Jesus Christ. It's about you being more alive. As a Christian, I am more alive than I could ever be on my own. Christianity, following Jesus is about, he said, I came to give them life, life more abundantly. It is about having life. It is not about just Friday. It's not about just being forgiven of your sin. It is about raising up, getting up, becoming all that God dreamed you would be. But Easter is also a day for skeptics. Yeah. And uh, if, if you're skeptical about God, if you're doubting a little bit, if you're not really sure, then uh, this is a day for you. Let, let me show you what I mean the first Easter, Mark chapter 14, verse 50. This was in the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was arrested, said, then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. All, every one of them deserted him and ran away. And they were all there, You, you, you know Judas, right? Well, he was there, remember he kissed Jesus, he betrayed him, right there. And they all ran and left him. Have You ever been deserted? What happened to these guys? All of a sudden, these guys that had watched Jesus perform miracles, they watched him raise Lazarus from the dead. They watched him uh, cause men who had never seen before blind. He he caused them to, to see for the first time. And yet, they still had doubts and questions. They ran Now, now, all of them ran, but very specifically, we know some stories about some of them. Okay, one of them is Simon Peter. Next scripture right there. And this is John chapter 18. And, and this is like later in the night, probably you know, well after midnight, while Jesus is being, uh, well, we know it's, it's getting close to dawn. While Jesus is, is being uh, tried and, and being beaten, one of the household slaves asked Simon Peter, didn't I see you out there in that olive grove with Jesus in, in the garden of Gethsemane? And again, Peter denied it. You know why it says again? Because that was the third time that night. Just a few hours ago, he was swearing his eternal allegiance to Jesus. I will never leave your side. Jesus foretold this, and he said, Simon Peter, you're going to deny me three times tonight. <laughs> and he did. And, and, and I like the next verse when it talks about how Simon then went outside, Simon Peter went outside, and he cried bitter tears. But he's not the only one, okay? Judas also, okay, you probably know Judas betrayed, and this is just one verse about this whole story, Matthew 26, 16, from that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. What happened? What happened? That he walked around with Jesus, saw these awesome things, and yet at some point, he decides, wait a minute, this isn't what I thought it was, and he started looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. What happened? And you know what? We don't have one single script. We've got uh, lots of verses here that tell us what, what Judas did and, and how, how he interacted with the, with the religious people that wanted to kill Jesus. We don't have one single verse of scripture that says he ever went to Jesus said, Jesus, I don't understand. We don't, have, we don't have that. We don't know where he actually addressed and mentioned those doubts. Questions and fears. And then another one, and this was actually after Jesus was uh, was resurrected on Easter morning. Um, He had appeared to 10 of the disciples. John chapter 20, beginning verse 24. But Thomas was not with those 10 when Jesus came. And they told Thomas, we have seen the Lord. He's risen, we have seen him. But Thomas replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Only then will I believe that the person you saw is really Jesus. Only then will I believe. Okay, now Thomas got some major issues here, right? I mean, he's got some major, I, I just don't believe you. But hey, guess what? The disciples, they didn't believe when the ladies told them either, you know? And, and so Thomas got some major issues here. But the awesome thing is, this is what you need to hear. If you've got questions and doubts and skepticism like Thomas, here's what you need to hear. Is then just, uh, just a few moments later, Jesus shows up. He shows up to Thomas and you know what He does. He doesn't berate him, he doesn't tell him, Thomas, how could you question me? How could you doubt? How could you be skeptical after all this time we spent together, you know what he says? He says, come on, Thomas, you got questions? Feel the wounds in my hand, feel the wound in my side where that spear went in, yeah, you saw it, feel it. I mean, that's, that's what Jesus does. He says, you got questions, Feel. Come on, come on, feel, feel me. Connect with me, let's talk about this. And let's understand these things. Oh, but then, then there was Pilate also. You know, Pilate, he was one of the government officials that Jesus kept being shipped back and forth to. This is uh, chapter 19. This is just some selective pieces of, of verses six through 12. And listen, if you go to the Sunday's page you can click on every one of these scriptures and it'll take you to a place where you can look at the scripture read it in its entirety and also even uh, then click to uh, expand it and read what happened before and after okay and Pilate says take Jesus yourself and you go crucify him he's telling the Jews and Pilate said I find him not guilty the Jewish leaders replied by our law Jesus ought to die because he called himself the son of God And when Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. And then Pilate tried to release him. Pilate is conflicted. Pilate doesn't know what to believe. Pilate has already found this man innocent, but he doesn't know what to believe. And then, next... The next uh, scripture we've got for, I've got for you is Pilate's wife, Matthew 27, 19. And just as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, leave Jesus, leave Jesus, that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Easter was a, was a weekend filled with skepticism and doubts and questions by just about everybody. And, and when Jesus was crucified that day, just not long after this, when he was crucified, he was also not crucified by himself, but he was also crucified with some criminals. In Luke chapter 23, beginning in verse 39, and actually uh, picking out a few little things there, one of those criminals hanging beside Jesus scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it. And by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. Skepticism. But in the very next verse, it says the other criminal protested. Speaking to that first criminal, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man, Jesus, hasn't done anything wrong. Then this second criminal said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. When you throw it all out there for him, Jesus says, come on, Thomas. He says, I know you're a criminal most of your life, but today you'll be with me in paradise. He's just saying, come on, reason with me. Let's talk through these doubts and questions and fears that you've got. And what, one last one for you from, from that day. Just after the death of Jesus, Mark chapter 15, verse 39, when the Roman officer who stood facing Jesus, the one standing right in front of him, watching him, keeping his eye on him, I, I don't know if he was stationed there to make sure somebody didn't try to take him down, but the Roman officer who stood facing Jesus saw how he had died. When he saw how he had died, think about that. How do you want to die? I mean, if you had to die a horrible death like Jesus, how would you want to die? When this Roman soldier saw Jesus, the centurion, an officer, saw how Jesus died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. And I don't think anybody got it better than this guy did that day. And I'm not saying because he acknowledged that Jesus was. I'm saying because he owned up to it all. He owned up to his doubts, his fears, but he also owned up to what truth was being birthed inside of him. I don't know, I don't know what happened after this. We don't know. We don't know if you know he left you know, the service of the Roman army, probably didn't. If he became a Christian, if he helped plant churches, we don't know, probably didn't. We don't know that though. You know, I, I don't really know, but here's what I do know is at this moment, He was real with himself. And that's what I challenge you to do today. I challenge you to be real with yourself. Don't be like Judas who has doubts and fears and questions and growing skepticism and just internalize it, hold it in and never talk, never ask, never speak to anybody about it. Never, never even talk to God about it. Don't, don't be that way. And don't be like Pilate who, who, who was beginning in some ways to kind of respond to what he had inside of him, but he finally just ignored it, washed his hands, said, I'm done with this situation, guys, as if it had nothing to do with him. Don't ignore it because it does have something to do with you. I want to make, I want to make, I want to make four invitations to you today. And uh, I, start, I, I started trying to think of a different word because when you say invitation, it sounds like to come and pray. Well, I, yeah, but that's not really what I mean by this word invitation here today. I want to make four invitations to you today. The first one is this. I want to invite you to a brand new website that 2911 is set up, I Iwanttobelievebut.com. We set it up initially for this sermon series, but it's going to continue after this. And here's what I want you to visit. There, I want you to put, I want you to put your skepticism into words. I want you to put your doubts into words. I want you to lay your questions out on that, on that screen, your phone, you can go there right now. Brent told you earlier. I'm good with you going there right now. Mark it, saving that tab open on your phone so you can go later and you can write out your question. Write out your question. You can put your name there if you want us to respond or you know some kind of contact info. If you, want to, if you don't, if you just want to put your question there, I'm gonna be preaching about those questions and fears and doubts and skepticism. I'm gonna be preaching about those the next three weeks. So, that's my second invitation. I I, I wanna invite you to stay with us these next three weeks on this journey that we're going to take to look at our skepticisms and our doubts and our questions and the things that, when it's just not going right and we're like, I I don't understand, even for for Christians, okay? Even for Christians. So I wanna invite you, take this journey with us, okay? Don't let this be a, a one-and-done thing this morning. Take this journey. If you've got doubts and fears and questions, I, I, I invite you to just hang with us for these next three weeks, okay? And then thirdly, uh, I want you to tell, I dare you to tell God you're listening. I dare you this week to just say, God, you know my doubts, my fears, my questions, da-da-da-da-da, you know all of these things. This week, I'm going to be paying attention if you have anything you want to say to me. I'm going to be I dare you to tell God you're listening. Even if you're not, you know, you may be thinking I'm talking to Christians that are struggling. I, I'm talking to all of us today. If, you, if you're not a, you don't consider yourself a Christian, you're not a follower of Christ, but you've got I'm some, I, I wonder, I dare you, this, just, just for one week, just say, God, if you have something to tell me this week, I'm paying attention and speak to me. Now, I got one more, but I wanna do it when you come to the front. So if you will, would you join me at the front? If you're a first-time attender, let me just say that we like to close around front with a final song. I told you we're gonna have a final song in a little bit. And we'd love to have you join us, final song, final prayer down here. We'd love to have you join us at the front. We don't do anything weird, we just just come down, have a final song and some prayer. And so we'd just love to have you join us if you feel comfortable in doing that. Good crowd this, uh, this morning for the nine o'clock service. Thank you for being here. So everybody take a, maybe a step toward me and to make sure we get all these people out of the aisle so they feel like they're down here with us and not halfway down here. Yeah, amen, amen. So here's what I wanna do right now is I wanna pray with you. I don't wanna just pray over you. I wanna pray with you. You see, because... Um, Uh, I don't know exactly where you are right now, but I've probably been there. And most people standing around you today have been there as well. You know, but uh, I I don't know where you're, so I'm not praying over you. I want to pray with you this morning. I struggle sometimes. I read some of the things. Some of the things we're reading in the Bible Project right now, you know, it's just like, oh, Lord, how, and, and, you know, questions and what. You know, he and I, we've had some discussions. Straight discussions, me and God, over the last couple of months. You know how, so I wanna pray with you today. Okay, so if you've got questions, if you've got skepticism, if you've got doubts, I wanna pray with you. Would you bow with me? And I I really hope and I really pray that for today being a a start for someone, that someone is gonna say, I don't want the skepticism of the doubt anymore. I'm ready. I'm ready to start a relationship with Jesus and let's, 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 let's reason together and figure this thing out. That's supposed to be my awesome life. Come on, let's pray. Father, we all come to you right now. God with our, our doubts, our questions, our skepticism, God, yeah, some. Sometimes, Lord, we've, we've questioned, you know, your power. We call you God, and then we question your power. But, yeah, we do that, Lord. And, God, we got all these questions and doubts. And and, God, and, and Lord, sometimes fears that, you know, we're messing it up. We don't have it right. God, we get skeptical of things sometimes. We get skeptical of people around us. God, I'm there. Lord, I've been there back and forth, Lord. And, and God, just sometimes hanging on. And, God, just little by little, God, you just assuring us over and over. I pray that over someone today. I pray, God, for someone who is really struggling. God, I pray that. God, I pray for someone who is has who is deal- been dealing with this for a long time. But, but, God, they've kind of been hesitant to say, I really want to know the truth. And today they're kind of thinking, maybe there is something more I need to know. God, I ask you, Lord, if they are telling you right now, this week, God, you got something to tell me, tell me because I'm paying attention. Then, Lord, I pray today, this week, show up in their life. God, show them something. Let them see, God, coincidences that couldn't be coincidences. God, let them have words just spoken into their life, whether it's from a friend, a song, God, somewhere, somehow, maybe a scripture. They didn't even plan on reading, God, and you just dropped it in their life. Some way, God, I pray for every person that says, Lord, if you've got something to say to me this week, I'm listening, I'm paying attention. God, hear them and speak to them, Lord. And God, for someone who says, I'm ready, you know, I'm just done with always living in fear or doubt or skepticism. I'm I'm done with always living under the questions and and, and I'm ready for a relationship with Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, let that begin today. And and, and I just just pray. And right now, I want to ask you just before we finish this prayer, I want you to pray this last bit with me. If you just need to know Jesus, pray. you don't have to say these exact words, but pray this with me. God, I do love you, and, and I know you, you died for me. For that, I love you, even though I don't know you like I, I probably need to. But I thank you for, for dying for my sin. And I don't understand it all, but God, I've got, I, I'm tired of this. I've got all the doubts and the fears and the questions, and, I, and I'm ready to start a relationship with you. And I ask you, take your blood that you shed on Calvary, on that cross, and wash away my sin, forgive me, and let me begin a relationship with you today. And let it, not be, let it not end today. Let this not be an ending, but let this be a beginning. God, let it not be a death like on Friday when you died on the cross. But let it be a life, God. Let it, be, let it be the day that I get up, God. That I get up in Jesus' name. And, and start showing me, teaching me. Start showing me every day, God, just a little bit more of who you are. And don't be angry with me for my questions. But help me find the answers, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So here's my fourth invitation to you. Got one more little website for you there. And if you don't, if you don't, can't remember this, if you got your phone with you, take it out right now and punch it in. You can. But it's just the church website slash decision, okay? I want you to tell me, if you made any kind of decision today, I want you to tell me, You said, "I'm going to follow Jesus." You made that decision. That is amazing. That is the most awesome decision you will ever make. Or if you say, "I'm I'm going to listen to God," if you made that decision, that God, if you got something, you made the decision to say, "I'm paying attention to God." I mean, if you took that third invitation right there, then I want I want I want to hear about it. If you'll go to that slash decision you can write in there you can tell me what you decide i want you to do that okay and that's going to come straight to me nobody else comes straight to me okay is this between me and you tell me because i probably got something i can help you with okay if you made a decision now in just a moment jamie's going to lead us in a final song but you know the drill right if you're 29 11 regular attender prayer team is here waiting to pray with you been anxious about it all week been praying over you all week Whatever your needs are, we want to pray with you today. And so if you have needs, come on down. Just move on this way. All right? Just move on this way. Jamie's going to go ahead when you can, Jamie. And let's sing this together and celebrate Jesus today.